So let's just pray again to it, and let's just see what God's going to do today. He's already been moving and doing, and let's just continue in that. So, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, you know, like I said, this is the day that you have made, Lord. And, you know, we're going to rejoice because we know that you are moving, you are doing, Lord. We come receiving. We are open and ready to receive. So, Lord, we just thank you that your, your Holy Spirit is poured out today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My message, did you think? It's called Pour the Holy Spirit on it. Because that's what we need to do. Man, when we were worshiping today, like, I feel like every song God was saying, he's like, he's like, you know what, I'm changing your life. And then he's like, you know, it's going to be a little crushing and smashing to get some new wine. I was like, oh, I don't, like at first I'm like, yeah, God's changing me. And he's like, you know how I do that? <laughs> Things are going to change. You don't get to live like the world and get the benefits of heaven. Heaven will not invade the same space that that world the world does you know if heaven comes in we can't stay in sin nature or depression we can't live there and heaven be there because there is no sorrow in heaven right there's no pain there's no lack so if we want if we we want heaven to come to earth we got to realize we're gonna have to move some stuff out we're gonna have to say i gotta make room for what god created in me so um you know without the holy spirit the Bible is just a book. It is just a book. It doesn't do anything. You could read it and get nothing out of it. You could read it from start to beginning without the Holy Spirit. It is words, right? It can be written on a piece of paper. It can be written, you know, you can use it on tablet. But without the Holy Spirit, what makes it God's word, God-inspired word, it says that he breathed life on that to everybody, revelation, the people that are speaking in there. And it really won't change our life. I mean, there's times before I knew Jesus that I heard stories about the Bible and it didn't change anything in me because I didn't have the Holy Spirit living in me. I wasn't a new man. I couldn't see the revelation. It was just words. I had to have a new spirit to be able to understand God's word. So I'm going to read in John 14, I'm going to start in verse 15, and this is all about the Holy Spirit because he's a good guy. So it says, if you love me, this you will keep my commands. So this is Jesus. He's talking to them. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. So not just Jesus. Jesus has been helping the disciples, right? I would say they got some help. They got, they had like Jesus in the flesh walking the earth with them. That's pretty good. He said, but I'm going to give you another helper to be with you forever. Even, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot even receive. Do you know that the world cannot even receive truth? It can receive facts. It cannot receive truth. Truth, God just said, it only comes through where? Holy Spirit. So it says the world can't even receive truth because it neither sees him or knows him. But you, you know him. He will dwell with you and you will be, and will be in you. So he's living in us. And he says, and I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to the cross. In the natural eye, they're not going to see me. I'm a person. They're not going to see me. I'm not going to be here. But he said, but you're going to see me. You're going to see me. Because I live in you, you will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I am in you. Okay, we cannot separate it. Okay, you're saying, well, he's in me. Well, you know what? And he says, oh, but now I'm in you. You're me. There's no separation anymore. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, 
is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, and it says in parentheses, not Iscariot, okay? This is a different Judas is talking, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home in him. Keep my word. Whoever does not love me does not keep my word. So if we don't want to keep God's word, that shows our lack of love for him. Did you guys know that? If we're like, I just want to get to heaven. Can I get that pass? And I want to live however I want. He's like, well, I can't live there because heaven can't live in us. But whoever does not love me does not keep my word. And the word that you that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. He's saying, I'm not saying this. This comes from God. You know, I can't change this for you. This is what God is saying. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. How many of you guys want to know all things? I'd like to be smart. How many of you guys like to, it feels good to be like, have an answer for someone when they ask you a question and not be like, I don't know, things, stuff. Like, it feels good. He's saying, you're, I'm, he's going to teach you some things, a few things, part of things. No, he said, I'm going to teach you all. All means everything. You have access to everything that God, you know, gave Jesus. He says, now you have access to that. That's pretty good. And I will bring to your remembrance all that he has said to you. So you know what? You can say, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can memorize the Bible. He's like, it doesn't matter. It's in you. It is in you, and you're going to pull it out because you have it in you. He says, I'm going to bring it to your remembrance. When you call my name, I'm, you're going to be reminded of what I did on the cross and what you have. That's really good. So if you're like, I don't have a good memory, well, Jesus says you do because he's going to bring it to your memory when you have the Holy Spirit in you. That's just really good. When I read that, I highlighted that because I thought, you know what? That's pretty amazing. That because he's in me, everything that Jesus did, who he was, you know, that the Holy Spirit is, is, is in me too. Sometimes I got to look harder to find it because my flesh is fighting like, we ain't releasing that. <laughs> Get ugly. But we all know that Jesus is the victor always. So it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives you, do I give. He's saying the world can't know peace. They know comfort, but he's saying they can't. Only comes, peace is a trinity thing. It only comes through the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It doesn't, you cannot get it anywhere else. You might feel like this doesn't feel stressful, but it is not peace. Peace can only come from the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what God is saying. He said, they can't give that to you. So let not your hearts be troubled or neither them be afraid. I mean, that's pretty exciting when you're like, you're getting all these things. Because they're kind of scared. They're like, uh, you know, moms are starting to like, you know, first it was people were following us and it was exciting. Everyone's just listening to Jesus talk and watching him do miracles and signs and wonders. And all like, but you know, but then it's like the masses begin to turn into mobs following <laughs> and like, you know, down with Jesus. And you're like, oh, can you go over there a little bit? I don't know if I want to be part of that part. Like, this was fun. Like, I'm hungry. You fed me. I didn't even have to pay for it. But now they're like, 
hey, do you know Jesus? We're going to kill you too. You want to be his friend? Mm, I'm not sure how good of friends we were. We, you know, we hung out. We're work friends. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, in that moment, so Jesus is coming to them and saying, hey, I'm, it's going to get messy, really messy. But see, you don't have to worry about all that because you have all the answers. You have all the peace. You don't have to be afraid because I'm going to send you a helper that's going to be with you forever. That's pretty good. Do you know that, so what he was telling him is Christ can't be with us forever. In the flesh, he couldn't be with us. So he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Jesus couldn't live, you know, God said 120 years for our, our physical body, right? And he kept that even with Jesus. Jesus couldn't, you know, be in each of us at that time. It had to be the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm leaving you with the Holy Spirit. So we can choose. The great thing is, Everything's a choice. God is so good to us. He made nothing mandatory. He didn't he didn't force. He didn't, you know, basically make us do anything. He said, "Do you want to choose the Holy Spirit?" So we get to we can choose to let the Holy Spirit flow and pour out of us and be active in our lives, or we can choose to lock him up, suppress the Holy Spirit and do it our way. Which we all do sometimes. See, my Holy, the Holy Spirit in me is so loud that when I do that, immediately he's like, All right, in, as I'm being inappropriate or disrespectful or stupid or whatever it is that I'm being in that moment, in the background of my spirit, the Holy Spirit's like, this is how you're going to have to fix all this. And the line just keeps getting longer and longer the more that I choose to act outside the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's like, let me, I'm going to start with the correction while you're saying that because, you know, I'm saying stuff and then in my head it's like, oh man, that's a big mess you made. Right? But I still get to choose, just as you get to choose. And we can choose to lock them up and suppress it and say, I'm doing it my way. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. Mine, mine, mine. You know? We do church the way we think it should go. Read the Bible the way we think it should go. Well, we got to go through the Bible in a year, and everyone's got to read this, and this is how you got to do it, by line by line. Well, did God say that? He might have said that to you, but sometimes he says, I just need you to focus on this so you don't do something terrible. This is the scripture. You know what? There was times that the only thing I could I could say, you know, is that God is love. Lord, I don't know. Right now, I'm so mad, or I'm so... You know what? There was times when we were in such poverty that I had... The only thing I did for hours, that's why I can memorize Luke 6.38 is given. It shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men pour into your bosom. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That's a long scripture, right? That you know word for word. You know why I know that word for word? Because God said that's your focus for the next six months because you can't get it. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say it like that because he's nicer than me. Um, but basically, you know, people probably look at me like, you're teaching and you don't read 10 chapters a day? No. But then there's times that God's like, read the whole book. But see, it's not about how I want to do it. I have to listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's like, I am preparing you for what is coming in this season. Do you want me to lead or you want to lead? Because you keep running everywhere into battle with a butter knife. I won't get you. You know. And everyone else has like heavy artillery coming at you and you just keep running and I have to be like, oh man. You know, it needs to be like, put on the armor, people. 
That's what the Holy Spirit does. So we can do it our way. We can do church our way. We can read the Bible our way. We can have our own opinions and ideas, and we can we can choose to say, let religious reign supreme over our life. You know, God's word even says he hates religion because religion is man-made. It is. We made it. We put laws. I mean, God's like, you're free. And then they're like, we want a king. We want rules. More laws. <laughs> Doesn't that seem weird? <laughs> That's what we did. He's like, I'm just going to give you 10. It's really easy to, to remember 10. They're like, no, we want like 600 or something. <laughs> okay, but, you know, it's going to be hard. No, give us laws. <laughs> Okay, that was weird, <laughs> you know? God's like, I'm just trying to, you know, and then we get loud and we're like, we don't want it that way. We want it our way. We're in charge. Never works out so well for us, but we don't usually realize that till we're broken and hurting. And then we're like, Jesus, where are you? I'm still right here. Still right here. We have to choose who's going to reign in our lives. Us? You know, we're going to let our human mind restrict the power and wonder of the Holy Spirit. The natural mind, how things happen on earth, are restrictive to the Holy Spirit. Because in the natural, we can't transcend. But in the Bible, there were times that they're like, oh, you're in prison, now you're not. You know, like, poof. Poof. Our mind can't understand that, right? Because we understand we have cells. We're <laughs> just together. But the Holy Spirit understands that. We can't. The thing is, if we're struggling, we've got to think, okay. The Holy Spirit said all. I don't want to restrict my mind, my thought process, to resist the power and wonder of the Holy Spirit. You know, signs, wonders, miracles, they can't be understood with our natural mind. That's why they're called signs, wonders, and miracles. We're like, how did that happen? God's like, you know what? Your flesh don't need to know because it gets all messed up when I tell it. I mean, I, I, I really wonder sometimes, like, we're like, why doesn't God just give us the answer? He's like, your physical body probably can't even handle that. You know, think about when Moses came, come back with white hair, just being in the presence for a second. Woo! Our physical body can't even, uh, can't even handle the pressure, the wonder, the amazement of God. That's why he's like, I have, to, I have to give you a piece of me so that you can be in my presence, which is the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. Because miracles, we're like, we try to figure it out, don't we? We believers for a long time. We've had miracles happen in our life. We've watched them. We've read the Bible. And then we're like, wow, that, that can't be. i got to figure this out. How are they doing this? How are they doing this? That isn't real. Maybe it was this. Maybe it wasn't a real healing. Maybe they didn't have, like, real restoration. Like, that can't happen. You were, sh like, that multiplied. No, it didn't. Like, you laid hands on something. It started to work, like. Mm, it's just coincidence. I mean, we do that as Christians, as people who know the word. And that's why the Lord's like, you need to be saturated in the Holy Spirit because your natural thought process wants to be like, no. No. In 2 Corinthians 3, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. How many of you guys like freedom? Freedom to have even your own thoughts, your own ideas, do your own things. If you want it, it says the only freedom is in Christ. Just because you're in a bigger cage doesn't mean that you're not that you're free. Before we know Christ, we're not free. We're just in a bigger cage. We haven't we haven't got to the bars yet. You know, think about that. We used to go to the zoo and they would have these little cages. Now you go to the zoo and they have like these big 
you know, they have trees in them, and it looks like all wild, and you're like, oh, that's nice. And, but that's still a cage, right? Just because you don't, just because you haven't hit the edge yet does not mean that you are not a captive. Because there is only freedom, only liberty is in Christ Jesus. Whew. I'm just making sure I'm still saved. I want to... <laughs> like, it just makes you feel that way. It's like, man, I don't want my flesh to be in control. Like, I want to constantly walk in that freedom. When you start thinking in it like that, like, I want to know who my Savior is. You know, what I'm asking is, will we limit ourselves to just serve and obey God? Which are good. You should serve and obey God. Don't be like, oh, I went to church today. I don't have to serve God anymore, you guys, or obey him. That's what they said. No, that's not. Those are good, but is that what we're going to limit limit to? Like, I'm just going to read my Bible and tell people, you know, God is good. Those are good things, and we should do them. Those are great things. You know, it's easy just to submit to God and be like, let it be as well. I can worship him, you know, with music and just be like, my hands go up, my hands go down, you know, carrying the TV, my fish is this big, pushing the wall. My, oh, you didn't know there was names for words. <laughs> oh, I can feel some people don't like me joking about that. It's okay because the Holy Spirit said it's all right. <laughs> Submit to Him. Uh, uh, no, but it's easy sometimes to do those things and to just honor God and obey His word. And you know, it was really easy to have Jesus be the sacrifice. How many of you guys know it was easier for Him to go to the cross than you to go to to the cross? I mean, we love that part. I love that I did not have to go to the cross. I really like that I didn't have to be flogged and beaten and broken. And nailed to the cross. And every part of my blood spilled out. I am glad I didn't have to do that. It is really easy to be thankful and be like, you know, Jesus, I'm thankful for that. Anyone who doesn't, we will help renew your mind. Because, you know, I am way, I'm, so that's, that's an easy part to be like, Jesus, I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is an easy part. But then we get to the Holy Spirit, that part of the Trinity. And we're like, okay, oh, thanks so much. I'll just put you in my pocket for later. I'm not really sure I'm ready for you to disrupt my life yet. I just love that salvation. I love God's, you know, I love that God loves us and our creator. Holy Spirit, you ask something of me, you go in the pocket. You get in the back. I'm not really sure if I'm ready for that. I like God. He gives me. Jesus gave to me. Holy Spirit asks of me. Oh, I'm not sure if I like that one. I like giving. I like all of this. So nice. You know, all of that they did for me. I just sat there and received it. Holy Spirit says, now you part of it. You're going to do, 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 do. You, you will be so much in, in you that you can't not. And it's like, let you down. Get down there, Holy Spirit. I, don't... I mean, let's just be honest. The disciples loved being with Jesus. After Jesus ascended and left the Holy Spirit, how much fun was it for them? Who wants to be pulled apart by horses? Who would like to be dipped in oil? How many guys want to lose your head? 
You like that? <laughs> Wasn't as fun, was it? It was fun when you just like, give me some loaves of bread. Look at what I'm doing. Oh, this guy's dead. Your friend is dead. Come here, come here. Come here. I got to show you guys. Come on, go over here. Look at this. Get up. Come on out. Take your stuff off. Let's go. You ain't dead. You alive. That's awesome, right? Go to a party. We're out of wine. We're kind of elkies. What's going on? Give us. Yes, best wine we ever had. Party on. Let's go. Those are fun. Like, I would like to be there and be like, this is the best wedding. We're dancing, you know. Then when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit says, you get to preach the gospel. You get to do this, and everybody's going to hate you too. But it's your job now to help advance the kingdom. Holy Spirit likes to disrupt our lives because they're not ours. That's the difference. When we accept Jesus and we say, okay, I want that free gift, he says, but you do know in that free gift is now you become part of the kingdom and and your walk depends for everyone else that is still coming to the kingdom. You know, we're like, yes, I love that. I want heaven and Holy Spirit. Okay. Where do we sign up for like Paul's second part of his life where he just kind of hung out on the island of Pathmos and wrote stuff? Can, can I just, or John, sorry, sorry. I, I don't know why I said that. But John, you know, hung out and did that after he went there. Can I just skip those things and just go there and be like, I'm just going to encourage you with the word. It's going to be good. You can do it. You know, we don't remember all the stuff he went through before that and the Holy Spirit. But no, it disrupts our lives. In Acts 1, I'm going to read to you. Um, it says, I write to you again, my dear friend, to give you further details about life of our Lord Jesus and all the things that he did and taught us. Just before he ascended into heaven, Jesus left instructions through who? The Holy Spirit for the apostles he had chosen. After the sufferings on the cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period, um, proving to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truth of God's kingdom. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about. You guys don't understand when he said don't leave, you think, oh, you know, just wait here. He was, that was a big deal because they thought we're going to be murdered. We need to get out of town. Everybody here in Jerusalem wants to kill us. If you think, like, just assume everybody that you meet wants to kill you. Maybe you don't want to spend time in that town, right? So just like, just, you know what, I'm leaving, Jesus, but you're kind of like the protector, you're Jesus. It's like, but I'm going to leave, okay? And you just stay here by yourselves. Okay. You know, so then they, of course, scurried up in that little room and hid. Um, it says, wait here, receive the gift I told you about. The gift that the Father has promised. Well, they went all this time and they hadn't received that. So they're like, okay, well, we're getting towards and everyone's getting mad. <laughs> like, are you sure you want us to stay here? You don't want us to go like somewhere like, you know, the Maldives or something like that and hang out by the beach. I'm not sure said, no, I want you to wait here where, where all this is going on for John baptizing water. But in a few days from now, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it now the time for you to free Israel and restore kingdom? <laughs> every time, every time. They were like the kid when you go on a card. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I will let you know. 
If you don't do this, we're turning around and we're going back to creation right now. <laughs> no, so every time, and Jesus, he's so patient. He's like, not yet. You're okay. We wait. Just wait. You're going to be all right. But is it time? No. So he's saying every time, you know, I'll let you know when we're going to free Israel and restore the kingdom. Just chill out. So he answered, the father is the one who sets the fixed dates and times and their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. A little bit of spank in there. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit, God said, you know what? His promises never come back void. The, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea and the distant providences, even to the remotest places on the earth. So you're guaranteed, a lot of people think baptism in the Holy Spirit was just speaking in tongues. No, he's saying you're going to receive all the power. You're going to have the ability to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. And not just in your cities and towns, in your influences, but throughout the world. That's pretty, you know, that's a good focus that I think sometimes we pass over and we're like, filled with the Holy Spirit is more than just the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's just a extra added to it. It's good. God said it. Doesn't matter how we feel about it. God said it. But what I'm saying is here, he's saying, you're going to get all power that I had. That means signs, wonders, miracles, you know, wisdom, you know, understanding, peace, faith. You get all of that. All of the power that he walked in, you're going to receive. That's bigger than just one gift. You're getting all of them. And when that day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, I love God, such a suddenly, boom, now it's time. <laughs> a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They appeared to them, tongues trembling of fire, which were being distributed among them, and they rested on each of them, and each person received the Holy Spirit. And they were filled that is diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, um, even different languages. As the Spirit was given them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. And it shall be in the last days, God said, that I will pour out my Spirit on, upon all mankind. So it didn't say men, women, children. It said all mankind, human beings, all of them. So we don't need to say Men, women, or children, it doesn't matter. Guess what? Nevaeh, she's a little teeny one back there. It's the Holy Spirit pour out on that right there. She doesn't have to wait till a certain age, all mankind. And that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see divine prompted visions, and your old man shall dream divine prompted dreams, even on my bondservants. So even in your workplace, both men and women I will in those days pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will bring about wonders in the sky and signs and miracles on the earth below. Whew. I mean, that would get me excited. I'd probably be asking, is it time? Is it time yet too? Right? Come on! Even though, even though they were living in that already. They were already prophesying when they were with Jesus. They were already seeing signs and wonders and miracles. But now just like I'm getting excited because you can do it anytime, not just with me. 
you know, God is great and we give him all the glory and honor and worship. And Jesus, we are so thankful and we love him and respect and honor them both. But Holy Spirit in us asks us to do something, to use the gifts that came on them at Pentecost. And it says that they were filled and they had the power to use them to serve. And he said, what are you going to do? What was the main thing he said? He wasn't so that you would look, have a great time, that you could see signs, wonders, and miracles. He said, so that you can go out and preach the message to the ends of the earth. That is the mandate. That is why the Holy Spirit came. All the gifts just help us do that. All the gifts just help us do that. To serve each other, to help you know, humanity do better to go outside the boxes we've created sometimes because we don't want to look foolish to, to people that don't even like us. We are so afraid to look foolish to people who don't even like us. Doesn't that seem weird? Like you want to look good. Like I had someone really wise tell me, she said, don't try to look good for other people and try to dress like that. She said, the only person that you want to look good for is your spouse. So she's, this person said to me, when you, when I was young, when we just had kids, she said, I don't care if you're at home all day and you're in the nastiest ripped sweatpants and you got baby puke in your hair and you haven't brushed your teeth. Five minutes before they get home, you put some clothes on and, and do that because you know what? That's the person you want to impress. Who cares what everyone else thinks? That's the person God put for you. And I thought, that's the best advice I get. So Matt thinks I always look good. He rarely has seen me without mascara. Because it might be five minutes before he gets home and be like, oh, man. Because I want this guy to be like, hey, girl, what's up? What's up? But I don't need everyone else's approval on that. I need him to be like, girl, what's up? You know, I went to the store the other day, and I had someone be like, hey, what's up? And I thought, you know what? And he, he was following me around the store. And then he was like, like this. So then I just was like, I was like, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I mean, and I tell Matt again, I was like, this guy's following me around. And, you know, when I'm in checkout, he went like this. So I went like that. But then they didn't have what I needed at the first store. You know, I went to the second store. Who's behind me? Who followed me to the second store? I thought, I'm not going to do that no more. Even a little, I was like, I, I need to just keep walking. I was just being funny because I thought it was hilarious. And God's like, was that funny now? I'm like, no, because the person in front of me was getting 80 balloons made. And I'm standing there. This guy, I'm like, oh, Lord, let me out of this line. <laughs> See, and then I get back to the car, they're all in there. And they're like, I'm like, you're not going to believe it. And they thought it was funny. I did not think it was funny until after I got out of the store. And I thought, even just being little silly moments that I'm like, you know, who are we trying to look good to? You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't matter what we look like to everyone. We don't want to, don't, don't worry if we look foolish. We don't want to follow the direction of the world. It's not going in a very good place. <laughs> It's going to be a new heaven and new earth because through Christ. I don't want to be on the current earth. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to have generations down that I'm responsible for not teaching them the word. You know, would you stop and talk to someone in the store? There are people, we've stopped and talked. We had a conversation the other week, and people are coming in and out, and there's, I know they're looking at us like at this restaurant we're in like, you are talking to that crazy person. Like you are sitting there like, cause this person just kept following us. And it's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to give them the time. Didn't know them. Didn't know them at all. But God's like, just do it. 
Are you willing to look foolish? Or like, you know, like I remember one time we were in this store. No, it was at uh, Daniel's. And, and this guy just, we're outside on the patio eating. And this guy comes running up to me. We're all sitting there. And I am a magnet. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because I've chosen, like, you know, Holy Spirit, I don't care what what I look foolish or pe- foolish, foolish with or people like. But we're all sitting there, and this guy runs right up to me. He said, they were rude to me. And I just thought, I could be like, I don't know you, but I thought, you know what, he just needs some validation. I just knew in my spirit, and I said, oh, it's really hard when you're expecting service and, you know, someone doesn't treat you right. He's like, yeah. He goes around the corner and Matt's like eating his ice cream. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he comes running back. He's like, can you just believe that? You know, I'm a customer. And, they, and I said, yeah, well, if they want good tips, they really have to treat you. I said, you know, so I said, I'm really sorry that happened to you. And then he left. But I just thought about like, you know, there's all these other people sitting there and here's this guy and he, did, he looks a little disheveled. And he's running up to me at my table and, like, screaming. That can be embarrassing, right? You're like, I don't know him. But now that happens so much that it doesn't even bother me anymore. Because I'm like, Holy Spirit's doing something there. And it's not about how I feel. What is he doing? And so I'm saying, are you willing to stop and talk to people? Are you willing, if God says do that, are you willing, you know, when God calls you to do things and change your life plan, do you change it or do you just do what he, you just do what you want to do because it fits better? Quit a job, take a job, move here, move there, do this, speak to this person. All of those things can make us look a little foolish. When Jesus handed, you know, the disciples the the bread and broke it in half and gave him a half a loaf of bread and now, hey, go tell all those, you know, 5,000 people to have a bite. Okay. I mean, you're walking up with half of what you had in the beginning. But that's how the, that's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit is given to us so we can go out and build and encourage and bless others and build the kingdom, expand the kingdom. That is what it's about. Our goal on here, you know, we look at our families, we look at people, what is the goal that Christ came for? That none shall perish and they will have everlasting life. Yeah, eternal life. He said none. That is his goal. God didn't say, well, I'm choosing this group of people. You guys automatically, sorry, if you're born here, you're going to hell. That would not be a good God, would it? Because you wouldn't have any say. He's saying, that's your job. As you come into the kingdom, you're part of the kingdom. This is what the kingdom does. This is what the kingdom does. If you don't want to be part of it, then move out of the kingdom because the kingdom's not going any other direction. It's not changing its goals. It's not changing its destiny. It's still the same. If you're going to put on the armor of the kingdom, you got to do the king's work. Mm, that was so good. Isaiah 54. I love Isaiah altogether. He's just super wise and like powerful. Like he was Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah, but he cried a lot. He was, uh, he, he was the weeping prophet which I have, you know, identified with Jeremiah. But Isaiah's like, it doesn't matter. We're doing it. Everything's changing. Old, new, new. You know what? We're going to be a new this. We're going to rebuild. Everything's going to be restored. Good, good, good. God can do it. doesn't matter what it looks like. Isaiah was like, boom. Jeremiah's like, I don't know if God's here. I just got to feel him. What can I do? You know? 
But Isaiah, man. Mm. We need some Isaiah in our life. You need a little bit of Jeremiah. You need a lot of Isaiah. <laughs> you know, we need Jeremiah for a season. Just cry it out. Get it over. Get the emotion. Say, okay, now, I, Isaiah, you tell us what God said to you. <laughs> no, they're all good. They're all for building up. But I'm just joking with you. But he, Isaiah in 54 said, enlarge the site of your tents. Make room for more children. Some of you made room for more children. You got a lot of children. See, you expand your ten stakes, and all of a sudden they just keep popping up everywhere. You're like, how'd this happen? Um, that's why I kept my house little till like just recently. <laughs> Matt's like, you want to add on? I'm like, no. Every time you add a room, another child just shows up there. You go in, you open. The, how'd you get here? <laughs> No, but that's how it should be in the in the kingdom. He's saying, don't just be okay with your little church or your little community or or anything. He said, expand your tent stakes, make it big, so anyone who comes, that you will make room for more children in the kingdom. That they're not going to be like, they're not going to come and say, there's not a place for me. They're going to be like, whoa, this is big. They got a fridge. They got video. They got everything. Those kids just come in. They're like, everything I want is in here. Expand, enlarge your tent stakes. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare them. They're saying like as big as they can go. Lengthen your tent ropes and make your peg stakes firm in the ground. There, that's the part. We all know expand our tent stakes, but he said put them firm in the ground. That means you got to have a foundation. You got to have a foundation. You got to be rooted. You got to know. You got to access that wisdom and power that Christ gave to you. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will take possession of nations. That's good. How many guys want nations for Christ? Where like people go, oh yeah, that nation, they're known. You know what, America, we may have disagreements or political things, but it says one nation under. It doesn't matter if everybody's serving that. They founded on that, and they took an entire nation. They took an entire nation for God. Now, we still can't choose how individuals act inside of a nation. But we can say, this is for God, and that's what happened. And there's other nations. We're not just, I'm just using ours as an example because we live here. We live here. But there are other nations, and that's what he's saying. You're going to take nations, plural, plural, and you will inhabit deserted cities. Guess what? Hesperia was looked over many years ago because the railroad decided not to come through here and it started to become deserted. We used to have car dealerships and movie theaters and all of these things used to be here. And we are seeing it revived because you know what? That's what he says will happen if you expand your, expand your tent stakes. The, the small area cities that you get to inhabit them. But you actually have to inhabit them. If you want other people, you can't be like, you should move there. Preach the gospel there. No, he says, you, you, you get in there and you inhabit those deserted cities. You drive 30 minutes to go to the grocery store, okay? It's really easy to tell someone else to do that. Hey, you should go and, like, give your life savings and lay down everything for Christ. There. No, he's saying you do it and you will inhabit the deserted cities. Do not fear, for you will not be put to shame. Do not feel humiliated or ashamed you will not be disgraced for you will for you will forget the shame of your youth and you will no longer remember the disgrace of widowhood it means without Christ because we're the body of Christ for your husband is your maker 
The Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of the whole earth. I'm almost done here. I know we're going late. Is that all right? You guys got about five more minutes in you? Okay. This is our our time. Because guess what? You know why it's our time? Because we're on earth at this time. You alive today? It's your time. 100 years ago? Not your time. That's all right. But this is what we're called to do. It's not about making our life this Christian little bubble or, or coming and getting revelation that benefits us. That happens. But really, the reason that Christ said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit is for you to go out and to continue the work that Christ did over 2,000 years ago. He said, I will be the sacrifice and you guys will be the body. I will be the sacrifice and you will continue in the call that I had. He said, you don't have to pay the price for it, but you get to be part of it. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. So we can have plans, but putting the Holy Spirit on it, surrounding our plans allows us to have a destiny. I want a destiny. I don't want to just have a plan. Well, we're doing this. What are you doing this weekend? I don't know yet. The Holy Spirit hasn't told me. I have some plans, but he can change that up real fast, right? Sometimes like, I'm going shopping. Oh, no, you ain't. You're going to talk to these people. You're going to lay hands on someone's feet in a store, you know, with everyone watching. <laughs> I'm not going shopping. <laughs> That's how we feel. Like, I, like I'm just I'm playing both sides of it. I only had to do that once, but it ended up being at a hotel that was outdoor. And then I was like, I'm just going to do it like this. And then God's like, no, I want you to get down. And the feet were so gross. I was like, I was like, Lord, I don't know if this is you. And he's like, well, let's see. Person didn't even know him. First I had to get him saved. And I thought, okay, like no one's around. Because, you know, usually all of a sudden the Lord brings a crowd and everyone's standing there. I'm like, okay. And here I am laying hands on this man's very dirty, maybe hasn't been washed in a very long time, lives in the hotel, transient, his feet. And so people are pulling their car up, just leaning up wonder what's going to happen here. I'm like, oh, Lord. But it was good because, you know, what? he got saved and healed. So praise God. And, you know, what? I didn't have sanitizer. And, you know, what? I just went and ate my lunch. Whatever. I'm just like, God, you will take care of the germs. I'm not really a germaphobe, so um, things don't really bother me. But, see, I had a plan. <clears throat> I was there for a conference, and I'm going to go get me some word. And the Lord's like, uh, that really wasn't my plan for you today. My plan is for you to go out and do. So that's my destiny, was bringing someone into the kingdom, expanding, expanding the tent stakes. And, and I'll tell you, God always makes use of the people who are willing. If you're not willing, he's not going to force you. If you want more of God, just be willing. I want to see that more in my life, in my family, whatever it is. Your job to be willing, receptive, and share and expand the kingdom. That's not God's job. His God is to pour out and provide you with everything that you need, every gifting, every ability, every power. That's his job. He said it's your job to expand the kingdom. It's God's job to be the king. It's his job, Jesus' job, to be the king and learn. It's God's job to be the authority and, and have the kingdom. Because it's not really for us. It's not about us. 
But yes, living in Christ does benefit us. I do have benefits from that. I am blessed. I'm strengthened. I have hope. But really, it's about what we're willing to submit to God for the sake of the world. How much we really love the world. How much do we really love the world? Not our directions, our plan, our purpose. But when we pour the Holy Spirit and let him loose, let him loose in our lives, that is destiny and not just plans. That is destiny. You know, for all believers, it brings that heaven to earth. Even when bad things are going on, I still feel like I'm walking in heavenly places. I mean, that's a great, when you have, are saturated in the Holy Spirit, even when you're going through terrible things, it feels like you're still walking in heavenly places. That's so good. Because it brings heaven to earth, which means it's going to set captives free. It's going to be redeeming the lost. It's going to bind up the wound. It's going to heal the brokenhearted. It's going to release truth. It's going to bring comfort. So we can have a nice Christian life just doing it our way, sticking to our rules, what we think, what we want, the way we want to worship God, and just you know, be thankful and say, Jesus, I'm glad you gave my salvation. And that can be the end, and we will end up in heaven. You will. I'm not going to lie to you and say you won't. But Or we can allow the Holy Spirit to let loose and be active in every breath we take, every decision, let him guide us, pour out, saturate us. Heaven to earth, the world needs it. The world needs it. The church needs it. The church needs to quit taking the Holy Spirit and shoving him down. The church needs it, I think, more than the world sometimes. I need it. I need the Holy Spirit. When I am struggling with anger, frustration, depression, guess what? I've had depression sometimes. And you know what? When I poured the Holy Spirit on it, I didn't even have to get to the medication. There's times I wake up and I feel that, man, depression came on me. And I said, oh, man, I'm just going to do one thing. The Holy Spirit, you know what he told me to do? There's times that I've woke up and I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. I feel the spirit of depression on me. And the Holy Spirit, I just felt that. And the Holy Spirit said, I just want you to go feed the dogs. That's it. So I went and fed the dogs. And I thought, I'm going back to bed. I'm going to go feel all sad and then he's like you have cats and then it's like well you know you need to get the counters cleaned up and by the time I realize it instead of me focusing on that depression the Holy Spirit came in and said we're going to saturate and then God moves and my whole day turns into something and all of a sudden heaven on earth right there so it doesn't mean you're not going to have that but it's going to break out we need it The church needs it. That's how we need to respond instead of running to what the world says to do and be like, just stay in bed all day till you feel better. You're never going to feel better. You're never going to feel better. Just isolate yourself so no one has to feel. No, 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 no. He said go out. You guys, I don't know if you got what the Lord is saying this year, but the Lord has continually put on my heart that if we serve, we will be set free from bondage, you know, depression, oppression, you know, loneliness, pain, those things serving because that is, we have the Holy Spirit in us. That is who we are. And when we try to be someone we're not, it doesn't work. So we need to pour it out, not just for the world, but for the church and for ourselves. Holy Spirit not only needs to be in you, but it needs to saturate your whole life. Holy Spirit needs to break out. Let him out. Let him get a little, get a little messy. Pray for some people's feet. You know, get up, do something. Let's let the gifts pour out of us. 
instead of just trying to keep them and hoard them for ourselves. God isn't a hoarder. Jesus isn't a hoarder. We can't be either. He says, let it out. Don't keep the Holy Spirit just for you. He said, it is for you to be able to work and build the kingdom. We are kingdom builders, not kingdom just residers. We're not kingdom spectators. We are kingdom builders, and we will come together. Because I'll tell you, there is momentum building, and I'm not going to stop. And I don't want you guys to stop. This is what we're doing. It's time to quit thinking about what we want in church and say, God, what do you want the, the church to look like? And we're going to know that through the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.